All right. Today we're with Nikola Petrovic. Uh, that's my best attempt at pronouncing your name. Nikola, thanks so much for making the time. I'm looking forward to this conversation. Hi, thank you, Joe. It's, uh, it's a pleasure to, to talk to you. Uh, thanks. Uh, let's just get into it. So quickly remind us all what you were doing before you went to INSEAD, and then more importantly, walk us through what you've been doing for the last 20 years since. <laughs> Um, so before INSEAD, I was working, I was in France and I was working for the French high-speed train uh, business uh, in France. And so I thought I would go to INSEAD because my plan was I wanted to go abroad to work uh, elsewhere, you know, just uh, because I, I, <laughs> I love being abroad. Everything is exciting when you're in a different country, even going to the post office. And and the second thing, I wanted to escape the train business because uh, it's a great business, but I wanted to do something else. And so, it sounds like you failed I, at that. So I, half of it. The first <laughs> half, I went abroad. <laughs> I spent most of my time in a different country than France. But for the train business, it's, it's, been, it's been a mixed uh, result. So uh, because right after uh, INSEAD, I was looking at different options and I got a call from uh, Eurostar uh, in the UK, in London, and they were in a turnaround situation and they were uh, building a new team and they asked me to join, uh, to, to be in charge of the customer service uh, of, of Eurostar. And I thought, well, you know, it's a big brand, it's London. And London at the time was exciting, you know, everything was possible. It was the boom years. So anyway, I went and I spent uh, overall 15 years in London uh, at Eurostar, so I had I was in charge of customer service, and then I got chief operating officer and then chief executive. Uh, and I was chief executive for seven years, and, and it was an amazing adventure. We did so many uh, uh, great things at Eurostar. I loved it. It was a real uh, adventure, human adventure, I would say. Let's, let's, let's dig into that before you. Yeah, I'm, an, sure. I'm sorry for the interruption, because that, that's fascinating. Like that, that, that is a that is a, a, a massive job. Like. And Eurostars, it's not just London and Paris, right? There's a number of other stops. Like, how many people are we talking about? What, what, what kind of an operation were you, were you overseeing? Uh, it's roughly 3,000 people. It's, let's say, when I took it up, it was like maybe 8 million passengers. And when I left, it was 11 million passengers a year. And it's obviously London, Paris, London, Brussels. I opened London, Amsterdam and Rotterdam. Uh, there were also some trains going to the Alps, going to the south of France, uh, no, no, it was a, it's a big operation, and I would say, uh, you know, it uh, it's big, bigger in terms of reputation and in terms of um, impact than it is really in terms of business. You know, it's a one billion company, but uh, everybody knows about it. You know, on any single train, you had at least I don't know, five politicians, ten journalists, and a hundred bloggers. <laughs> <laughs> or, or influencers, <laughs> train my edge. Uh, so uh, no, it was um, it's it's a honestly it's a great business, very exciting business. And you know when when you're working for Eurostar, when I joined Eurostar, if you said oh, well for Eurostar, you were in trouble. The reputation was in the doldrums. Uh, you know everybody was very disappointed with the service, with everything. And uh, you know uh, we worked very hard at uh, turning that around and building up our uh, our service, our reputation, etc. Increasing the level of service. And by the end, honestly, uh, if you said, "Well, I work for your staff," people were like, "Oh, wow, that's cool," uh, which was uh, the best compliment. And after that, they went on to say, "Oh, but my last train was delayed and the coffee was not hot enough." <laughs> but that's okay. <laughs> Can you give me a free upgrade? Yeah, exactly. 
Oh, I want a loyalty card, please. Can I have carte blanche? <laughs> so, All right, no, so great, great thing. Uh, that, that it's, I'm sure you've got some incredible stories, and, and, and I mean, you're dealing with with you know railroads across borders. There must be a cr- crazy you know labor stuff and regulatory crap you're dealing with. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I had obviously uh, three governments uh, plus the European Commission. Everybody was interested in Eurostar. You know, that's the flagship of high-speed rail in Europe. Everybody had an opinion. Everybody took it. I had obviously uh, the seven regulators. Uh, for uh, across the, the the different countries, and then we went to Amst- to to Holland, and it was even more. And obviously, you had all the CEOs from the UK, from France, from Belgium, from everywhere taking the train and uh, thinking, you know, you know, that's not good enough. Or I want this, or I want that. So you, uh, but super exciting. We had unions, obviously, in all countries, and uh, honestly, I, I loved it. You know, you had to make sure everybody felt they were looked after uh, uh, in the best way possible. And you had to, obviously, you talk to different people in different ways. Uh, and so, uh, they, you know, there are big successes. And sometimes it went terribly wrong. You know, there was, <laughs> there was the, the time where we bought, I bought a fleet of new trains. And it was, uh, in the end, after, you know, we did a tender, we bought some German trains, not the French ones. Uh, it, it became it became a, an international problem at governmental level. So when there was a meeting between Nicolas Sarkozy, the president of France, David Cameron, the prime minister of the UK, and Angela Merkel, of uh, the Chancellor of Germany, there was uh, there was an agenda point about why did Eurostar buy some German trains and not French trains? So it was you know it was that kind of business where anything we did became too big in a way. And sometimes it was great, sometimes it was awful, like the the, <laughs> the the example I just gave. But it was all all very exciting. Yeah, amazing, amazing. Okay, so you you left Eurostar a little while ago. What what happened after that? Well, you know, I was at the end of a, a cycle at Eurostar because I created uh, at Eurostar the, the sort of, I created it as a single private company. But then we made it very profitable. We sold uh, part of the shares to, to some investors and then we changed the fleet, we changed everything. And uh, we were really, and then we opened to the Netherlands. So I thought, okay, that's the end of a cycle. I don't want to stay another, you know, it's long cycles in railways. And also it was after the Brexit vote and uh, it was not a driver in the decision, but uh, the atmosphere changed a bit, I have to say. And we had, had some rough years, you know, there was terrorism, the migrant crisis uh, close to the, the channel tunnel. Anyway, it was rough. So I thought, okay, that's the end of a, a chapter. I want to do something else. Uh, and I looked around and then I had a, a great opportunity to join Siemens. So the, the German uh, industrial company uh, based in Paris. So, uh, so, uh, you know, it, uh, so I took that job. It was a turnaround situation again uh, where uh, Siemens really wanted, they were not performing very well in France. The teams were a bit demotivated. They were uh, commercially not doing very well. So the idea was, <laughs> and they told me, you're French, but you're also a bit British, so you're not so French. <laughs> wow, is that, is that a compliment or an insult? I have no idea. They just like it as it is. Uh, I don't mind. And, and uh, Siemens is one of these crazy conglomerates. So you're, you're, you're dealing with more than, than trains at Siemens, right? You're dealing with everything they do, you know, across the board, right? 
Yeah, the time. So it's uh, industry. So you know, it's the number one in terms of uh, automation software for industry. Uh, they're very big in energy, uh, which uh, all, all the aspect of energy, you know, uh, distribution, but also uh, uh, obviously the turbines, uh, you know, everything. Uh, very big business in France, uh, and also everything about smart buildings, but also healthcare. Uh, wind farms, uh, so very exciting job, I have to say, and and same. I think it was, I spent what five years in there, and it was a fantastic adventure. You know, we we had to say turn it around, change the team, change the focus commercially, and same story. You know, build up our, rep- our reputation with different stakeholders. You know, the French state, which saw Siemens as some sort of a German conglomerate, they didn't know what they were doing, to a real partner of the French industry. The unions, everybody. So, uh, you know, we, we, we collectively, we turned it around. We changed really our positioning on the market and we became a, a cool industrial company, if that exists. <laughs> but, uh, no, no, it was a, uh, it was, it was a, a great, and I learned a lot. I learned a lot, you know, a very different, uh, uh, approach, very professional guys at Siemens, great product. And I helped them plug into the, the best commercial opportunities in France. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But now you're doing something else. Yeah, no, and then it's the same story. I, I did my a few years at Siemens, and then it was the end of a, I would say, of, of a cycle. You know, I had turned it around, and then uh, Siemens globally started to cut itself into pieces. So I thought, okay, that's time to go. And I've always liked the, the entrepreneurial stuff. You know, after inside, I, I created a business. I was not uh, executive in that, but we created a business, and then I thought, okay, let's do that. So uh, I. I I, I stopped at Siemens, you know, in a, in a very good, uh, uh, good uh, um, uh, terms with with them. But then I worked on a, uh, as a business angel with a, a lot of different startups because uh, there are a lot in London, in Paris, and I worked with them. Uh, I worked on a project of my own uh, to raise some funds, etc. So, and I worked on that for eighteen months. It was super exciting. It was great. And I was also, you know, a bit of consultant for some businesses. It was nice to come out of a big corporate machine uh, because Siemens is amazing, but it's a big, big, big company, very, very uh, processed, a lot of corporate stuff. And, you know, I thought, I need a bit of air. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And so Mm -hmm. I did. It was great. Uh, I worked uh, as part of that. I worked a bit in in Switzerland, uh, in Paris, uh, in Manchester. Uh, so a bit everywhere, yeah. And then lately, I got a call uh, at the end of last year to lead a project in the in the Emirates. So um, uh, and I thought, oh, that that sounds like a, an exciting project. So um, I have a look, and now I'm based here. I've been based here for since the start of the year and uh, working on that project. Can you can you tell what what this project is, or is it still? Yeah, uh, no, no, sure. no, 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 it's not a shush. So uh, the, uh, the um, UAE want to uh, develop a full infrastructure for passenger railways. So I'm back to the railways, you see, can't get rid mm-hmm. of it. <laughs> and so uh, uh, today there is just a metro line in Dubai, which is very successful. But they want really to have all across the UAE a different way to travel. Uh, so we're going to launch. Uh, you know, uh, very, enfin, not very soon, but soon enough, uh, uh, intercity service to link all the different cities in the Emirates. And then we are going to launch uh, an international line to uh, Oman. We are looking to launch maybe uh, 
uh, tramway lines, high speed lines. So we're working on a whole range of projects to create a complete passenger service on rail for the country. Today, it's only cars, really. When you travel from city this, to city. This, you know, pardon my ignorance here, but this doesn't exist right now. Like, are, are the tracks no. aren't even laid, correct? Uh, the tracks have just been inaugurated, but mostly for freight, um, only for freight today. And we're going to build stations. We're going to uh, receive some holding stock. And, and I, I thought it was exciting, an exciting project because obviously, you know, you're going, we're going to change the country. How mm -hmm. people live, how they travel. But also I was employee number one when I arrived in January. <laughs> You know, there was nobody knowing about passenger railways. And I was like, okay. So I'm building up the team at the moment. We must be like uh, 25, 30 people, uh, very good people, very strong people. And, and we are building up uh, the capability to run those railways, to sell it. Uh, you know, we're, we're going to have a great uh, uh, web and app application just to help people understand how can, you know, with a journey planner, how can I take the train, where, how, and stuff. Wait, hold on, hold on. This, this is, this is, so, so, so the, the, the railways are there, but none of the stations are there. Obviously, none of the trains are there. None of, none, yeah. none of all that stuff. You're, so you're, you're, you're putting all the infrastructure on top of, of, of just, of just the rails. Yeah. So we need all the assets. So we need the stations, we need the trains, we need the maintenance depot, we need all the staff. You know, we'll have to hire mm -hmm. 500 people in, in a few months. But also we need all the infrastructure to sell the tickets, you know. Uh, and so how are we going to position ourselves on the, on the market? At the moment, we're working with uh, advertising agencies on that because the competitor will be the car and the car is a very, very strong competitor. You know, everybody loves their cars. You know, it's like, is it uh, the car or the airplane? That's the real competitor. Uh, inside the country, it's cars. The country is not okay. big enough. So I would say, uh, so it's cars. So how are we going to, what will be our visual identity? What will we look like? We need to define the pricing. We need to, and then we need to build the IT infrastructure to sell the tickets, obviously. Mm -hmm. So, um, so we're doing all of that at the same time at the moment. It's, uh, it's a lot of work, <laughs> but it's very exciting. Is it, my, my guess is this is somewhat refreshing because you, you went into Eurostar with, you know, a lot of crap, legacy crap to get a deal with. And this is sort of greenfield. You can kind of do it exactly how you want it. Yeah, that's a great thing about it. Like literally, we're creating the yeah. culture of the business. All the IT will, will go straight for the, uh, you know, the best in class. Uh, the way we operate, everything, we can do what we want. Uh, so uh, to a certain limit, I say, but, you know, yeah, no legacy, no culture to change. Uh, so we, we can go faster. Um, and we can learn from uh, maybe mistakes that others have done or we've done, you know, when I was at Eurostar or elsewhere. So, you know, it's very refreshing. It's a mixture between, it's a bit entrepreneurial, but obviously with uh, a lot of money and uh, uh, big, big assets. Yeah, incredible. You're the envy of every six-year-old boy. Like you're, you're, playing, uh, you're playing trains. That's cool. <laughs> That's what my kids think. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna fire off a couple kind of generic questions, and please excuse the the cliche ness of them. But I'm trying to ask everybody these questions just to sort of sort of level set. Um, what what you know we're about 20 years out. By the way, I don't I, I didn't bump into you at the reunion. I'm sure you were there at one point because uh, you wouldn't miss something like that in your own backyard. Uh, yeah, uh, no, I'm sorry, but uh, being in Emirates and uh, you know I was yeah it's, it's, I, a, it's, it's, I, it's I couldn't a make a it. Just, yeah, I was yeah. very disappointed, and I, but I followed uh, on the WhatsApp group all the pictures. It was great. <laughs> it looked like a quite a party. 
It was, I, yeah, it was a lot of fun. I, I it greatly exceeded my expectations. Um, what do you wish you had known twenty years ago as you were leaving in Seattle? Uh, I don't know, honestly, nothing. You know, it's just like mm-hmm. uh, you go, you go with the flow. Uh, mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and sometimes I think, you know, I'm amazed how how I was twenty years ago. Uh, I was very different. I know different things now. Uh, but I was a different person, uh, professionally, personally, etc. And uh, and I, you know, you you learn stuff along the way. You become different. You make mistakes. You do things. Sometimes I think I mean I did things. I don't know how I did them. <laughs> some some good ones, some bad ones. But you know, I'm like, oh my god, that day was crazy. And uh, and <laughs> I hope that the guy 20 years ago would look at me now and say, wow. Well, Okay, you can do stuff I cannot do now. So uh, no, no. And, and sorry, it's a bit of a silly answer, but honestly, no, no. I was uh, in the moment. I think it's good to be in the moment. What? What? Um, you're obviously, you know, doing the opposite of that. But, but uh, this is a deliberately vague question. Um, what do you think retirement looks like for you? Is it checking out completely, or is it uh, still, you know, staying busy at some level? Oh, I'm still busy. Uh, I can't. Uh, I can't imagine myself doing nothing. Uh, mm-hmm. I, th- I think, I think I've, I've started, uh, I learned that in the UK actually, you know, it's to, to start to think about um, how to start to uh, diversify your centers of interest because I cannot see myself in a corporate job for another 10, 15 years, you know, that would be crazy. I don't, you know, I won't want that. So, uh, you know, I'm a, you know, I'm a business angel, I'm on the board of some companies, I'm, I'm trying to diversify that way so that I can stay busy in the long run but maybe not completely as an executive in a corporate environment. And, and to be fair, to be in those corporate environments, executive, you know, you, you need uh, more energy than I will have at that point. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, it's, exa- it's exhausting. It's a, it's a full, oh. it's, it's, it's full on, yeah. I can only imagine. Uh, last two questions. Uh, they're both kind of related to each other. Um, with what you're doing today, um, is there anything the INSEAD community can help you with, either personally or professionally? Um, always. I mean, it's always great to to meet guys from uh, from INSEAD. I was uh, I had a, a dinner like a few weeks ago in uh, in Dubai with a, a f- some fellow uh, alumni. Uh, it was great to hear about them. You know what they've done see uh, you know the kids to live here uh just that is, for me it's fantastic because i learn a lot i'm very curious as we all are i guess at INSEAD by definition and so to hear about very very different stories uh, and actually i uh, i listened to, to to your podcast like the, the, the first episode it's fantastic so that's that's the best thing um, i can get so if you if you're in the region just you know uh, reach out yeah yeah and, and i'm sure it'll come with some free upgrades once, once the train's running. Uh, <laughs> last question, uh, again, aside from the free upgrades, what, what, what are you able to offer the, the, the community regarding opportunities or advice or counsel or, or, or what have you? I mean, um, uh, opportunities, uh, obviously, uh, please, if you, if you have any questions, please reach out. Um, uh, it's always great to, to, you know, I'm not sure I can help, but I can help. Advice, I never give advice. Uh, but what I can do, I can, I'm a very good listener. And, <laughs> and uh, my experience is that people think they've got a problem, but usually they've got the solution. 
So oh, that's, 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 that's wise. Yeah. You know, you listen to them and then they talk, they talk and at the end they find the solution themselves. Oh, that's beautiful. That, 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 is a, that is a great punctuation mark for this conversation. Uh, Nicola, thank you so, so much for your time. It was lovely to see you and lovely to talk. Thank you, Joe. Great to see you. Bye-bye. Ciao.